0: Hello, my name's Gregory Wilker. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Live with Greg. Today is November 17th, 2019, and last night I learned that my podcast had way exceeded the resources I have to keep it alive as a video podcast. So I am actively working to move it to an audio podcast. The video is still available on my website, GregoryWilker.com, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Live with Greg. Thanks for your support. i call you Golden Bear?
1: Yeah, actually, I like that. I don't get called that enough.
0: All right. It's kind of a blast from the past.
1: Yeah, Tim uh, gave me that name. I loved it at the time. I like it still, but no one uses it. <laughs> it's A nickname supposed to be the one they use, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So there's only like you or Presh calls me Goldie. And uh once upon a time my ex wife would use that very, very infrequently, but um when she did I always liked it.
0: How long has she been your ex wife?
1: Well, technically she won't be my ex wife till January first, but we signed all the papers two days ago. So there's no more discussions or legal arguments possible. Everything that's been negotiated that can be negotiated has been negotiated and there's no like she can't come back and say, I want to readdress this issue, and I can't go back and say that about anything else. It's done.
0: What if one of you dies before January 1st? Uh, it'll still be it'll still be in effect. Right, because my cause... dad did the same thing with his second wife, and he died before January 1st, and there
1: was a ripple in the... In the whole, Even though they'd signed all the paperwork? Yeah. Well, I'm not a lawyer, so if I die before then, or she dies before then... Then we'll have an interesting experience about <clears throat> how to settle all that stuff. There's money in her court, so um, I think it's all set to go to her nephews, which, I mean, one of the things that I had to do in this process was let go. So I wouldn't tend to reattach. Like, my desire for that wealth wouldn't reemerge. I just wanted to go to her nephews, who are their starting families and stuff. So why the hell not? I'm just an old guy now. And, um, you guys signed the papers, like, four days ago? Yeah, Wednesday, and today's Saturday, so that's, what, three days. Three days. It was pretty amicable for a divorce. Yeah? you guys hug? There was, uh, a hug after. I had to drop something off at her apartment after we signed it, and I got a hug there. But not, not at the actual office in the county. That didn't happen. How you feeling right now? Well, I'm remembering how kind of how I cried, and I didn't expect to cry because I'd worked, you know, really worked through all my separation and all of my things I felt, and um, just always going to be a spot in my heart that feels for that human being. So I think every time I have this discussion, there's going to be some level of wistfulness and you know a mixture of, of sadness and joy, like. My experience on the Fourth of July was that I was free, and that's how I set it up. So I was really grateful to feel that sense of uh, liberation, and the fall, or the last fall, and all through the spring, the anticipation of how horrible my life as a single man was going to be was just awful. I tortured myself with thoughts of the future. Silly how that is. And then when I came, when I came right up to it, it wasn't so bad. Turned out to be actually kind of a good thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who did you go to uh, the ranch with yesterday?
1: Uh, We didn't go to the ranch. Yesterday was, uh, I just hung out at my house, and then I went to um, El Cerrito for something called the World One Festival. But then last weekend, last Sunday, was the Skywalker Ranch 4th of July party. I thought it was yesterday. No, so it was a week ago um, tomorrow. So you were still
0: married when you went to that?
1: Yeah, and I'm still married right now. That's true. But I'm legally separated. I've been legally separated for a long time. So, And my Facebook thing says single on it.
0: So. What makes a legal separation?
1: Um, usually, you need some form of written agreement. It needs to be at least a one-pager. Um, and even then, lawyers are such that you can fight stuff like that if you choose to. But in our case, it was we were both advised that if we had a letter generated from one of us that said what the intent was, and then that should be enough to sort of hold it for the time being. And in my case, Mary took over her um, all of the payments on the condos, so she was going to live there. And there were things in it like all debts from that point on, new debts weren't the responsibility of the other party, that sort of boring technical stuff.
0: Did a lawyer write that for you,
1: uh, I don't know. Mary wrote it, and it sounded like nothing she'd ever written before, so I suggested, I think it was probably that it was, there was a coaching involved with the lawyer, but I don't think he actually wrote it so much as he gave her, like, here's the best way to do it so that it's... Make sure this is in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, if Mark goes to Vegas and loses everything, you're not part of that.
1: Right, well, technically, that's, in theory, the letter covers that, but then when you get into a court... Anything's possible, and that's sort of the weird thing. Like, we went to see a mediator, and the mediator talked about spousal support, and there was this whole range of possibilities, including like if you go before the judge, the judge might say, Nah, you get nothing. Or, you know, this has to go on for 20 years. You had 20 years with this person, they deserve your support for 20 years. There was a whole wide array of discretion for the judge on that issue. So.
0: What if the judge woke up in a bad mood like his wife's leaving him for some 20-year-old dude and he's like, fuck you guys, you know what?
1: (laughs) That's part of the legal system. That cuts both ways. Like, you could get a good judge judge on a good day and he's feeling very magnanimous. In this case, in Marin County, all the divorce lawyers, or all the divorce judges are women. And when I found that out from my lawyer, my strategy shifted a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you wear a now button? No, I didn't see the judge. That was my strategy. <laughs> <Good> strategy. <laughs> Not that they would be biased for women or anything, but you just never know.
0: So you guys are married until January 1st?
1: Yes, technically we're pay- on paper we're still married. For tax reasons? Yeah, that's basically what it came down to, is we'll be able to file one more time as married jointly and you know, give the IRS the proper perspective.
0: Yeah, that's what my dad did too. But he didn't survive.
1: He didn't survive. I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh If I die suddenly, I want Mary's nephews to get everything that's left in the estate. How legally binding is that? Well, it depends. If it's on YouTube, it's probably pretty legal. I know. He's on two v saying it. (laughs) It Must be true. YouTube. Yeah, must be true.
0: (laughs) That's good. Mm. How are things
1: going with you? Like, still crazy after all these years? Yeah, being married's not easy, but it beats the alternative.
0: You just said you were really happy to be single.
1: I know. Well, that was after a long struggle of trying to keep it all together, and then you know, not being able to. So now, once I surrendered into what was really happening, then all this joy emerged just out of its own sort
0: of, space. I think marriage is as easy as everything else. You know, like we say, Oh man, this job sucks. This isn't what I'm really supposed to be doing. And then we think a different job, will is the solution. Same with marriage, like, oh, this marriage sucks. I should be with a different person, then everything would be okay. Mm, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't subscribe to that kind of thinking anymore. I'm sure I did for a while, but I just now I, I recognize that I'm totally responsible for my reality. Like, even though I'm partnered up, my half of it still has a big effect on how things turn out. So,
0: yeah, I think. Um for me, I find it's an ongoing process. Like, even this morning, Liz snapped quickly at me, and I have a choice of reaction. Mm-hmm. And... It's like we can build up a story around an incident. So I can build up a story of, oh, you know, she snaps, she's, mad at me, why'd she get mad, that was nothing to get mad about, and I this whole thing going on in my head, she might have dropped it and moved on, like it was just a re- knee-jerk reaction, and she's, she's over it, she moved on.
1: But meanwhile, the comic book in your brain is replaying it over and over again and right. creating even more drama, and then you right. bring that drama back to her, and she well, thought she was over it, and... Right, then I'm living that
0: drama. Right.
1: Suck. Sucks. Welcome
0: to the planet.
1: Exactly. There's no other way to learn this stuff, though. You got to come here and like deal with it and really? struggle with it. So I'm told.
0: You know, I hear that there's wisdom in youth, and I notice a lot of kids they're taking firearms and just blowing people away. <laughs> hmm.
1: Where's the wisdom in that?
0: I don't. I'm not sure. I haven't really given it a lot
1: of thought. <laughs> yeah, you can get really fatalistic about it and say, like, "Well, that's the way of the wheel, or whatever," and they were meant to, and karmically, blah blah blah. I mean, there's. Right. It's so funny about how this random reality that we're part of, we want to impose this moral order on it, but it's really just a thin veil of our own creation that. that the reality is far different than the moral veil we'd like to lay over it and try to get everyone to ascribe to. Not that I'm saying we should all be carrying guns and killing each other (laughs) willy-nilly, but... uh,
0: Interesting. (laughs) Did you ever see that Japanese movie um, where the teenage, the high school kids go to that island? Oh, what's it called? No, I don't think so. It's kind of like Hunger Games. You know the premise of Hunger Games, yeah, yeah. Okay, but it's it is
1: more visceral. It is like the Japanese uh, are known for their cinema. Battle Royale. Oh my god,
0: it's awesome! Battle Royale. If you want to see a movie that's like battle, and the premise is that society's just gone to pieces, and so the Japanese government has like, and kids are just crazy, you know, and they so they have this TV game. It's a television show, and it's huge on TV. And they grab a school full of seniors, take them to an island, and last person who survives
1: gets to go back and... Take their test for the SATs. Yeah, in essence,
0: <laughs> Well, they're like a hero. You know, they become a Kardashian.
1: Oh, man. And
0: um, they're set for life, and and it's just nasty. Like, some kids attempt to just hide out, you know? And uh, some kids, like, group together, but at some point you realize that groups... It's, it's
1: fucking... It's, it's like Survival, the reality show. Yeah. <laughs> Except uh, but, this one's real. <laughs> but it's got this, like... It's, it's,
0: the, the way it's made is... It doesn't have a Hollywood sheen to it. It's, it's
1: gritty and human. Yeah. Well, life is gritty and human. I Especially this last year, I found out. You know, just living through a divorce and living through, you know, all... There were three major transitions. There was my work got sold to a new company. My wife didn't want to be married to me anymore. And one of the major pieces of the band I'm in, one of the co-writers, one of the really solid pieces of the rhythm section, fell in love and decided he really needed to be there for his new daughter. And that was more important. And it was what it meant was total upheaval, transition, and a real opportunity to meet fear. Like, meet fear every day, and decide what I'm going to do with it. Like, am I going to give it a place to live? And <laughs> Am I going to, like we were talking about earlier, am I going to like grab hold of something and start spinning it around in my head and really give it some momentum? Like, create even more of it behind that? Or sort of puzzle through and try to find a way to meet it with courage that was born of my own interest and my own volition? And, you know, they say there were... People say about sleepless nights, but it's no joke. You know, you go to sleep, and then at four o'clock you wake up, and your brain is like torturing you with ideas and thoughts, and you know, that was when I really needed meditation. It's like it'd be great if I'd been practicing it, but the reality was I didn't. Until I was bereft of reason in the middle of the night, I I just didn't need you know the techniques of meditation. And if it wasn't for that, I would have never been able to sort of keep it together. I would have just been a zombified, sleep-deprived, you know, guy. It doesn't surprise me that when people get put under that kind of stress that they lose it, you know. It's just like not everybody can go, okay, I'm breathing in, breathing out, you know. It's just,
0: so you think maybe some homeless people we see, like, there but for the grace of God go I, right?
1: Yeah, and the joy... And a person like that is actually really readily available, much more so than us. And when you find simple things in that lifestyle, like I saw a guy sitting on the side of the road, eating his lunch that he'd gotten somehow, and he was just happy as as a clam. He had no worries in the world. He didn't look stressed. He didn't look like he had to be anywhere in a big hurry, traffic, none of that. Now, he had all this other stuff going on, I'm sure, that I couldn't, but in the moment that we had, he was a message from the universe saying, you know, it's what you make it. If you see the gratitude in every situation, whatever strata you're at, then that's what you receive.
0: So, what about the joy in violence and war, then?
1: It serves a purpose. I think so. Well, sure, if we were on a planet, planet perfect, right? People. Boring as fuck.
0: Well then it wouldn't be perfect.
1: Well, no, but what I mean is the the calamitous nature of life and the jealous, rage, violence, passion experience that we have teaches us stuff. Right? So now we're we're getting into that. why is it there? Why is why do we need evil? Because if without evil there's nothing to grind against. There's no foible to exercise your moral compass against. And my personal spiritual view is that we incarnate in order to grapple with the shadow, to grapple with that piece of the, the ourselves that is moral dilemma and choice. And um, that actually forges a more enlightened world out of that process. That doesn't mean I want to encourage people to, to feel justified in taking their anger to the streets or for kids who are into rap records to, you know, buy guns and try to get some bling with them. <laughs> are you saying that rap leads to guns and violence? I'm saying that rap celebrates guns and violence, especially commercial rap.
0: Sure, I've heard some reggae where they were, you know, a hey, nice mm-hmm. shot at the sheriff.
1: Right, and then there's, you know, all these anti-homosexual gay you know, songs in Jamaican music that are really horrible and...
0: Wait, for a second there, it sounded like you said, there's all these anti... Wait,
1: Did I use a double negative?
0: I think so. I think you ended up saying, like, there's gay
1: (laughs) anti-homosexuals singing regular music. You know, they might be gay and they just don't know it. That may be the reason they're singing anti-gay stuff, is that they they find something about it in themselves that scares them or whatever. (laughs) They're going to (laughs) become preachers and... My point is that I think art reflects people, and so no genre is pure in that sense. Um, And you know, it's hard to talk to speak the truth about issues like this because there's a lot of people who want segments of society that don't fit the traditional value system, like gay lovers, for instance. They're supposed to have lots of freedom, and we're supposed to tolerate that supposed to be awake to that need in them and their humanity in them right but we don't offer that sort of liberty and acceptance of other segments of society because they're still considered not acceptable and so then you get into this whole thing well who's setting the the list who's defining what is and what isn't acceptable so you get like heavy-duty christian right people who have a lot to say about homosexuality and who can't abide it in their lives and a lot of people push back on them to evolve and become better human beings quote unquote by learning acceptance of the gay culture well turn it around freedom means being able to not like it that people are gay and if you're expressing that in an art form because that's what you believe and that's what's in your heart The creator says, express it. I mean, that's why we're all here, right? And we're supposed to be tolerant and accepting of people's lifestyles, but only along this sort of weird meme that develops, like people hate people who are anti-gay, right? And people who are anti-gay sometimes find hate in their hearts for gay people. And supposedly there's a right and wrong in that. Like one side's right and one side's wrong and I'm kind of a relativist. I like, you know what? Freedom is freedom. If you're studying a religious doctrine that says to you that speaks to you that says you don't have room for that in your heart, am I supposed to judge you as I'm not okay? Isn't that kind of the whole antithesis of the acceptance, tolerance ideal? It's sort of weird because I find myself more apt to accept the people's gayness and their lifestyle and be compassionate about that and want people to have the freedom to do what they want. And then when I see, I mean, I'll be honest, I think people who are really think that the earth was made 6,000 years ago and they have hate in their hearts for gay people, and that, that that's the lesson of Christ. I think they're really wrong. But that's when I have to start ac- accessing my own sense of compassion and my own sense of tolerance and acceptance for them.
0: Yeah, because extremely I would be like, well, let's put them into a box... <laughs>
1: yeah, the box is called Georgia, right? And San Francisco's the box for gay people. And Well,
0: know. no, no. What I mean is, like, you take that extreme thought, the thought of, you know, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And the extreme of that is, like, genocide. Mm-hmm. You eradicate something because it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And we can see the wrongness in that. So... It's finding a way, I think, to live and let live. And there's an element, like, let's say, you thought dudes with crazy hair are freaks and really they're an abomination to life. And I thought dudes with bald heads are an abomination to life. The power is, can we sit together right here with that powerful opposition and still respect the humanity the life for the other person. Well,
1: that's that's it. That's the name of the game. I was just flashing on how I play in a reggae rock band, and I have a shaved head. And that's the antithesis of Rasta culture. Rasta culture means you don't cut your hair. You don't cut you know parts of your body off. So I've had more than one experience where someone who outwardly dressed and appeared as if they were highly, highly... Um, what's the word I'm searching for? Um deeply into the Rasta culture and very much, you know, studying it and bringing forth all of the religious practices of it. And they see a man like me playing music that is sacred to them, and they're offended because I've got a bald head and I'm white. And, uh, you should bitch slap them. Well, that's not going to make me any more fans. <laughs> God, at that point, they're not going to be a fan. Right. Well, they might. They might change their mind if I don't bitch slap them. See, that's the sort of. Oh, Right. right. right yeah. They have. As long as
0: you're in it for the money, and you do want to win them over as a fan. Now, I'm,
1: I'm, money's not bad, but at the same time, I'm in it for the culture. Right. And so this the same attitude comes up. It's like. Would I want to grow dreadlocks just to appease people and pretend so that I can play reggae music? I think that would be really disingenuous.
0: Well, I just saw um, these guys talking. I think they were saying, and I think there's—I tend to believe this. When you when you take something literally, that's a spiritual writing. You're often on the road to chaos, and. So much of spirituality is encompassing the thought that comes from inf- infinity. And I think it's very difficult to hold communication on that level in this physical planet. Mm-hmm. I agree. So a lot is told through stories or through analogies. And isn't meant to be so literal. And. I think any wise person sees that there's so much more to know. Like our good friend Mike Healy. And I love this statement he said. He always keeps the big question mark above his head. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to live.
1: I agree. He's taught me a lot, that guy. Um, (laughs) I'm serious. Like, he's so well read. You can talk history with him and just be like... (sighs) wow, there's some details I had no knowledge of, like, oh my god. And he reads, and he's just, like, super fired up about everything.
0: And that, like, this, you know, I don't, the gentleman, it sounds like a gentleman you met, who was very into the Rastafarian practice, spiritual practice, and that he had a dialogue with you about the abomination of your head,
1: no, it's just me aware of you. If you explore Rasta culture, it's really clear that you know, like even Bob Marley, Jah would never give the power to a bald head, right? And, and there's that song, "Them Crazy Bald, bald heads, heads," right? right. And the, the idea is that that's the head of the oppressor, right? If you, and then I think it comes from the, you know, the 12th, the 13th tribe of Israel, that root that goes back to Hasidic culture, where there's something about it—you're not supposed to defame yourself or deform yourself by chopping off your hair. So I think that's where that flows from Rasta, into Rasta culture, and I think that's a fine thing to have in in your culture is to you know, celebrate who you are and how you're made instead of trying to conform it or oh, make wait it... Wait a second. Are you saying that
0: you haven't actually met anyone who came up to you and said,
1: Dude... I've had them leave the show and look at me like I'm not listening to white voicing reggae music with his bald head. It was a bit very obvious.
0: But you didn't go to talk to him.
1: Well, I had a guitar in my hand. Right, so right, right. I, know, right. I know, right.
0: <laughs> but I mean, that opportunity, because that's another thing. That's part of, like, going back to earlier, the comic book in our head. make stuff up. Right, because I have had incidences with Liz, one that I remember in particular, like, where I had this whole weekend experience, and when we talked about it, she said, dude, that was all in your head. Like, that... <laughs> and I had this decision to make, like, either trust her and go with that, which is, in essence, saying I'm crazy, or, you know, fuck her and this is over and I'm continuing with this dialogue.
1: Well, I'm not sure I buy into this this sort of dualistic nature of the way you describe it. I see that it's the issue, but I don't necessarily think it's
0: like you don't, you don't, without dialogue, everything you're attributing is to the assumption. person who left. Right,
1: exactly. That's really a good point. And we make those assumptions all the time. Right. Now, in this particular case, I had, there was a girlfriend sitting behind them and heard them talking. And so I had actual okay. confirmation. But you're right. In, in, in lots of cases, I wouldn't know. I would just be like they're leaving they must hate my baldness right? right which I'm a little sensitive about I mean you know bald head yeah but you shave your head I do so you're sensitive about a choice that you make in life I'm vain I shave my head because I'm vain and that's why Rasta thinks it's wrong because vanity is the destruction of the soul and so that's why it scares me is because I actually have some skin in the game with this discussion right And it's hard to to own all that. But the alternative for me is this whole horseshoe thing that happens. And it's like... That's another religious sect. Right? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I've had a number of people, most of them women, express to me that my shaved head is much more appealing and therefore more tolerable and attractive than the alternative. And so my choice is one of conformity. I'm choosing to participate in this because of the perception of other people. And I think when you get down to the discussion and why Hasidic people and Rasta people think that's an abomination is because you're changing yourself outwardly for an egoistic reason because you want someone to see you in a certain light and be attracted to you. So it's really strange to be able to hold that thought in your mind, to know that about yourself, at the same time have this other attitude about it, which is, I should be able to do whatever the hell I want. Right. And
0: there's the crux, I think, of the chaos of spirituality, is the goal of spirituality is I am one. There is nothing outside of myself I need. I am a part of all <sighs> things. There's nothing I seek because it's already present. I am all, you know, and I have the actuality of experience that when people come up and say good things to me, like, oh, you look great, or I'm happy to see you, or I feel good. Mm -hmm. And so, so either, you know, quote, I'm not evolved enough spiritually to truly grok, experience moment-to-moment moment the oneness, or it's shit, and look, there's this reality of, you know, if you're a flower, the sun shines on you, you open up.
1: Again, it's it's like this dualism that's in, in that moment, where either one or the other, I think the reality is that it's sort of all going at the same time, depending on who you're interacting with, who you're, who, which part of us in the other are we meeting, right? Like I met myself in this discussion about my own sensitivity to baldness, right? Uh, we meet each other and our foibles all the time like that. And so coming up against your own self judgments, a great opportunity, right? Whether you're going to accept and forgive and love yourself, that's like the first step to accepting and giving love and and compassion to someone else. So...
0: Do you think it's possible for you to love and forgive the worst human scenario you can think of? Wow. Um... Like, if you think of a human monster, someone who's... Just an atrocity, just, and just—and now they're sitting next to you like this. Can you sit in peace with them?
1: Can you dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> and stay present to your humanity and, and grace. You're right. I think it—it uh, it requires a sign of contrition. That I can't sit comfortably next to George Bush and have the sense that my compassion should be extended to him without a moment where he acknowledges that he's aware of the horrible crimes he committed against the Iraqi people and how he undermined the United States by doing it. And I don't think he realizes that, right? What
0: about Obama? Is, is So, because... I don't see a lot of difference from what George Bush has done with Iraq and what Obama's done
1: with Iraq. Well, I would say there are fairly significant ones. Um, One initiated it after a long plan uh, against which there was no justification and ordered the uh, uh, actions to begin. Another walked into the Oval Office and took after having taken the oath with everything sitting there on the table and having to manage it and made choices about having to manage it like Obama had to make choices about how to manage that war with information that the average person doesn't get. You don't. Know, we don't know half of the level of real threat and intelligence that's going on in there and, you know, who's... You can say that about Bush. Well, I... Sort of qualified it, I said before. One guy started it, and one guy continued it.
0: Yeah, but you said that we will never know all the ramifications and security issues and all that that is on the plate for Obama. Well, that's real
1: for Bush, too. And then there's this distinction, which is that when when it's already happening and you're managing that ambiguity, it's a different then have making the choice to go ahead and start the shit right like when we're in a situation where we're angry with someone in our personal right?
0: right but it sounds to me like you're willing to give some allowances to obama that you're not
1: willing to give to bush so let's talk about things that obama's done that he actually didn't inherit right that so i would want him to show contrition too about that stuff before i would feel comfortable Right? And so what am I talking about? Contrition is pretty much a Christian kind of thing. It's forgiveness or you know, you're know, you sorry for sins or whatever like that. So to me, the, the flow between human beings where you put aside judgment and you put aside uh, separation comes from this meeting of minds that can only happen when someone's confessing. So out of the confessional attitude, the willingness to accept your own Fallibility, and then be open to someone else that you're aware that you failed or that you are fallible. Then the door is open for compassion. But someone who's adamantly crazy about violence, I can't sit and make peace with them as easily. I mean, it might be worth a shot, but I haven't successfully been with someone that intense that I've actually been able to like work through that with. I just haven't had it. most of the stuff I've experienced with are what internet flame wars, where you get into it with someone and they just are so attached to their position and they're not moving. And it doesn't matter how much you quote Thich Nhat Hanh or Buddha or any of that stuff to them, they're not moving. So then you're making war. So if your position is not to make war with people, what do you do? You got to give up the desire to change their mind. You have to sort of let the world have its way with them, and that wisdom comes from experience. Yelling at someone or trying to beat them up to get their, your point across to them isn't going to work.
0: How do you think it's possible
1: that if we're all one, uh-huh.
0: we're all a reflection, that then what you're really experiencing, like if I was just this violent warmonger here, what's really going on is you are seeing that energy in yourself. If it wasn't alive in you, you wouldn't see it here, outside of you. The only way to see it
1: outside of you is that it's you You're first recognizing in, yourself. Right, that it's first alive in you. Well, I, I've had that experience where I literally wanted to kill people, so... Um, in my case, it's true. I can recognize that piece to me. Was I
0: ever one of those people? No. <laughs> even that day, that precious day. Oh,
1: I thought this would come up. <laughs> um, at that point, I was. Yeah, no, I never wanted to kill anyone. Never wanted to kill you. Uh, you know, it's hard to even remember anyone I wanted to kill. But you said that you did. You have been there been in those moments where I really did um. now
0: since you can't remember someone right now Mm -hmm. that that's real that you go, oh yeah that person Betty Smith down the street (laughs) I want to take her out I was 13 years old and fuck her (laughs) since you don't have that clear do you think maybe this is one of your comic books
1: with the idea that I have that in me right is it, it's like a fallacy, is that what you mean? Is that right. what that question's about? Right. It right. never of, feels like it at the time. When I'm enraged, I don't feel like it's an illusion. Yeah,
0: but you can't think of anyone right now that you've wanted to, you know, a you know, moment that you wanted to take them out.
1: That's true. Maybe that just says that I'm good at processing and stuff flows through me. I don't hold grudges or whatever.
0: Maybe it says you're attached to this thought of power that, you know, I have the power to kill someone. Like you've never experienced actually being in a moment where you're like, like right here, like you can say, Greg Wilker, I want to kill you. Like you can't think of anyone in your life where you've had that moment where like, you know, Mr. X, I want to kill you. Mrs. X, I want to kill you right now. So, So that's a comic book scenario to say, I have wanted to kill someone in my life. What you what, what's happening is you've experienced a rage, mm-hmm. and now you're putting an attribute to the rage that isn't based on a reality. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: that's why I'm not in jail.
0: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> something intercedes. Something graceful intercedes. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly if I know exactly where that comes from. On some level, my whole life is an invitation to that grace to come into my sphere and keep me in what I would call the place of compassion, a place where I'm lovingly accepting my fate and humanity's fate as oneness, as you said, and empathizing with that which I encounter outside myself because it could be me in that position, right? So that's always calms all that stuff down and why I don't hold grudges is because I can see that we're all you know subject to similar experiences that draw different emotions off right so what makes me special or you know what I was raised that it was wrong to take people's lives you know in other cultures it's considered easily done in a lot of ways so that's the kind of person I'd have trouble with like you kill my sister and then I'd probably kill you or you know what I mean and That would be a non-thinking, reactive, animalistic thing. Because my consciousness or my mind, my higher sense of right and wrong, whatever my moral judge is, doesn't allow for that even in a situation where maybe it should, or should's a great word. If I needed to kill someone to save somebody's life, I'm not sure I have it in me. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't really know till you get there, Till you know. Um, phew. I'm in deep water right now.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is good for just me. Just kill a man! Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually like, oh yeah, deep water, take me, I can do that. And I'm just like, wow, I'm kind of dazed and confused a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've done a handful of things in my life that always return to me invariably over time where I experience them as regrettable and the pain that um, I inflicted, it visits itself on me. So there's a handful of those things that I've done in my life that um, I get pockets of time where it's not present in my consciousness and then I encounter it again and I have the same emotion that I had you know, when I awakened to what was wrong with it. And so the thing that happened between you and me is one of those events where it just every so often, whether it, it has to do with you or whether I'm just in a moment where I recognize that same aspect of myself that I exhibited, I've got to relive that and go, oh, there's no way to get that It's funny.
0: It's funny.
1: Yeah? Okay. It is. It's funny. It's funny to me. Oh, okay. good. Um, I don't remember them as funny because they were what I consider you know, moral breakdowns, like so, right,
0: and that's where the comic book comes in. Yeah,
1: because what, you
0: can think? you let go of your comic book that has weight and and uh-huh. and, uh, and the in the the story of your comic book is you lost control, you are not worthy. That same situation, that same scenario, to me is funny. I was the bad guy. I was the guy pushing, pushing, pushing. <laughs> like anyone in their right mind probably would have done what you did. Okay. Or, you know, and now we could get into analogies of right mind. Right. But if you're going to take that scenario, that's what I'm talking about, that you sit with President Obama and you sit with President Bush in the exact same frame of mind. That's right mind. All people are divine in every given moment, regardless. Okay.
1: All people are divine in every given moment, regardless. That's not a hard one for me to accept, in theory. Right. Interacting it, living it out, that takes presence of mind. Like, um, yeah, reactivity is not a far cry from me. I get it all the time
0: very possible because I do believe like I use the word God I'm comfortable with that if anyone wants to know what it means to me you know it's, we can talk about it we can talk about it whatever I have a feeling that like this scenario that happened so many years ago and you say still comes up for you with weight and remorse hitting mm-hmm. at and others and right but I can tell you, for me, because I was part of this scenario. I was a benefactor of this scenario. <laughs> You're a receiving end. <laughs> and just as for me, there is lightness to it. Perhaps God. That's the thing. Like God's just there saying, this It funny. didn't even happen. Yeah, this is funny. And we're like, oh no, it's <laughs> still, look at it, I deserved a burn, man. <laughs> He's like, oh no, he, she, yeah. it, right, right. no, but, you know, until we personally are at a place
1: to let go of it, then we can't be free of it. Right. Hmm. So then the question comes up, what am I, what do I get out of hanging on to it? Right. That's a great question to contemplate on certain things. Like, I was thinking about that a lot this um, past year when I was, like, fighting for my old identity in my marriage. What do I get out of hanging on to this thing that's not working? And then um, my rebound relationship afterwards, which was just unbelievably hot, you know, was over. And then what was I getting out of trying to hang on to it? And, And, you know, the past... We flow through these moments, and we attach to them as they go by, and then we end up with these strings behind us. And we reach out into the future, hoping to acquire more strings. And <clears throat> the universe just has a way of burning it all down, and, and you know, reminding you that you know, from dust to dust. Now, that's the physicality, the consciousness piece. That's where I think oneness takes place, because the the Spirit body that exists in the universe. It's the unified field, if you will, in science. You know, that's why we have a conscience because we're really hurting ourselves when we do stuff like that, I think. And it comes, you know, everything comes, you know, rolls in again. You put a wave out and it rolls back eventually. So I try to use the word karma. But <clears throat> yeah, so what would I like to release in this moment? So many things about myself that I could easily let go of. And I feel, when I think about it, it's like, well, I need a ceremony or I need a a form. But the reality is I don't. I just need to take a deep breath and release it. And if it comes up again, just release that too. And that's really the path. Um, But then you get, you know, narcissists and people who don't care. And they're not releasing.
0: That was your mind that just did that?
1: Okay, it wasn't yours. I mean, because your mind can't talk through my mouth. Hopefully. No, but what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is,
0: there you were, taking a breath and releasing, taking a breath and releasing, and then you brought up a scenario that you couldn't release. So instead of it taking a breath in <clears throat> that scenario, you played the comic book hmm. narcissist. Take
1: a breath. They're not as pretty as they think in their selfies. Ah!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are.
1: (laughs) That's true. That is true. Like me, please. (laughs) I'll shake my head if you like me.
0: all this crazy, crazy thing. And I do feel there's an element of just talking about it is as crazy. You know? Like like we could talk ourselves till we're blue in the face mm-hmm. and that keeps it up here and as long as it's not
1: integrated it's crazy. So the solution is to integrate it and then it's not so crazy. And then it's just...
0: Well then, then you're living it. And
1: you're living... I Greg. don't know what's coming into
0: <laughs> mind. You, yeah, live with Greg. What a pain. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, uh, living I, the lie is what's coming into mind. Living the lie. Um, I
1: don't know. Do you do look fat in those that dress? Sometimes, yeah
0: <laughs> that last video with Bodhi, I was looking at that going, "Oh my God, I'm fat. Oh Jesus, I need to credit my uh, right? Yeah. And in my yoga practice, um, a practice I just did a couple weeks ago, there was an element of love, love my fat, like lo- look at my belly, love it. love, because this is an area of power, right? like our core, and this gets into real, you know, but anyway. Ooh. What do they call it? That? Woo-woo. <laughs> 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 that's the big question mark, right? You know, just hold, keep it, but.
1: Keep the question mark above your head. Right, the, right, right. right. <laughs> Healy.
0: Right, and so, but, you know, that's, I think, in a way, these things that horrify us. Whether it's our self, our image, our body, the realities we would say about us, love them. And then you take that out broader and broader. These realities about ourselves that are warmongers, love them. These elements of ourselves that are pedophiles, love them. These elements of X, You know, and and the more we do that, the more peace we find. Yeah.
1: Um, It doesn't stay stasis. No. So peace requires um, chaos. Right? And it's I was going to say constant vigilance Constant <laughs> vigilance No, because vigilance is the absence of peace So if you're in vigilance You're not even in peace If you have to maintain vigilance to have peace You're not actually having peace You're having vigilance
0: Yeah, I agree with that
1: What I was getting at is that the Sort of at the beginning We talked about how evil Needed to exist So you can't have peace be a fixed condition that's going to last it's not going to stay in that state. Everything is cyclical everything is in motion and everything is so on one level we have always have both present like any peaceful moment has in it the seeds of darkness and vice versa. So <clears throat> the illusion that we're in one state or the other is, is just that it's an illusion. It's not ever different. They, everything's existing in the moment together all at once. So this state of grace, state of chaos, however you want to term it, they're not separate. <clears throat> it's our perception again, the comic book, the our brain, that tries to delineate time in a way that... Now, obviously, if you're having tea post, post-coital with your lover or looking out at the sunset, there's not a lot of chaos in that moment. Not yet, but there soon will <laughs> be... When the, when the guy that's under hiding under the bed finally, <laughs> <shows up. laughs> now can you love that guy? All right there you go, right. or, her, or that girl or whatever. Right, right, right. yeah,
0: yeah. And that's <laughs> that's the reality. That's where I think you get too much in your head, and you think, oh yeah, I got this, and then you go out and someone's sleeping with their wife, and, ah! right? You know, and are um, you yeah. know my kids are bothering me, or whatever it is, where suddenly that peaceful, yeah, it's all groovy, fuck you, you know, oh, why'd I do, and, and you just watch yourself crumble away, that peaceful state of mind, and I mean, maybe, exactly, taking a breath, Yeah. Well,
1: that's much better to strive for peace, I mean, that's a big, definitely, if, if I'm guilty of any egoic thing, that's it. Like trying to maintain the deepest, longest-lasting states of grace, I can. Like a this guy I've been working with briefly is training me here and there in <clears throat> qigong, and he was talking about chi. He's like, you can acquire chi, but can you hold it? That's the question. Can you maintain it? And so peace has that same quality to it. Like serenity has that same quality to it. You can engender it and bring it into a situation. Especially if you are you know, have some practice. But can you maintain it? Can you <clears throat> breathe life into it with every ebb and flow of the moment? And doggone it, no. <laughs> nope. P- rage. Jealousy passion you know hunger I was talking to my dad about this stuff and he is a well versed in philosophy and all the eddies of the mind and he he was saying how the appetites and again evil darker things provide a necessary choice matrix for us to play out these things in order for us to exercise that piece of our our soul life so to see the dark and the light as opposing or inauthentic or want rid yourself of one or the other is is the true suffering because you actually need all that dark stuff to turn the wheel around to keep you in the, the questioning mode of when you encounter that part of yourself, that shadow piece, what you do with it, the next moral question that you answer with you know, self-knowledge and self-trust and all that. It's, so it's like you see these bliss ninnies walking around and they get in traffic and they're giving people the finger and yelling or whatever. <clears throat> and then, you know, you'd be surprised at, you know, which member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is actually meditating at home with a Buddha shrine. I mean, you just don't know the stuff about people. I think that's the beauty of the human race right now, is that we're all these self-contained universes that are completely full of contradiction. And in every moment, the reality of that expresses itself in one way or another, and... I love my dad because he's kind of anchored me into this volatility. He's like, yeah, whatever the winds are blowing, <clears throat> it's not bad or good. It, that It is what it is. And you render unto each moment that which emanates from you. So if you're cultivating grace, then you can sometimes render grace into a situation out of your actions. Sometimes, though, you do that, you think you're going to do something good, and it ends up backfiring on you because... You're acting out of ego, or you're acting out, you know... Do you have a real scenario of that that comes to mind? Where I acted out of what I thought was goodness that ended up being about ego?
0: Or they just, like, yeah, made a mess. Like, you thought, oh, this is the right thing, (coughs) and really doing this selflessly, and it created a huge mess.
1: Hmm. No, can't think of anyone I want to kill, and... (laughs) Can't think of... (laughs) how my uh, graceful intention became messy. But I'm certainly willing to believe it's possible. Well, yeah, but, you know... Is that just my story again?
0: Right, that's what I'm kind of wondering, because you know, I'm willing to believe that it's possible to win a lottery, but so far,
1: I have proof that it's not. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me, I have a ticket in my wallet. I got to check today. <laughs> <laughs> More living proof. I mean, we can not. make this a three-camera shoot, someday. <laughs> yeah. Live, live, live with Greg. <laughs> have you
0: seen uh, comedians in cars getting coffee? I think I have. Yeah, once. I love it, and uh, boy, they have a lot of cameras. It's quite a, quite
1: the setup. It looks so simple, but but it's, it's little mini cams tucked to dashboards and
0: and. Guys with real cameras, and they're mic'd, you know, expertly mic'd, and yeah, it's... It's nice to have money. Production values go up and things like that. Still work. Yeah. yeah. But yes, you're right. We you get can pay pe- people to do things right. for us. It. <laughs> we all... Everyone wants minions. <laughs> yeah. So those are well-paid. I mean, I fit, I've learned in life that you have to have slave service in essence you know like there's got to be the person who's setting up the food tray there's got to be but if they're respected and treated fairly and and seen like hey this is as integral part as the fucker in the director chair (laughs) getting two million (laughs) dollars
1: yeah well have the director tried not having his food Service one day and see what happens. See how right, that's, right, How much shooting are we going to get done on that day? Right, right. <clears throat> exactly. So if
0: you could like treat these people, I don't think you're going to give them two million dollars. That'd be too expensive for to shoot. And I would like to be the director getting two million. You know and that gets into a whole thing. But like fair wage and and respect and acknowledgement. And I think even in a way. Like you're saying, you don't play your music for money. Yes, you'd love to get paid and have a career with your music. That's the dream. However, even without that, you're still going to play your music.
1: Right, and ultimately what I really just want is to wake up and have that be what I do today. Right. As opposed to having to do all this other stuff right. to get to the point where I can play the music. So when I look at established Acts, that tour, and, and have that life, what I'm... <clears throat> I'm not emulating them because I want the car or the house in Malibu or the you know the TV show.
0: I um, want the house in Malibu.
1: Okay. It's a really beautiful place. That'd be great. But <laughs> what what I'm emulating is the idea of waking up into that which really lives in my soul life the most. So get out of bed, get some coffee, work in the garden, take a shower, go down to the studio, rehearse, get in the bus, go down to the gig and play the gig, get in the bed. On the bus and rolled in the next town. I mean, you know that whole the trailer with the garden on it. That's the problem. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I want that lifestyle, not so much that I want the material aspects of it. But you know, everyone wants to have three hots and a cot for sure. But
0: I don't. I don't think Liz would
1: go for that. Depends on how hot the cot was. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, I could be wrong. <laughs> been wrong before. <laughs> I've been wrong before, and I'll be there again. I don't have any answers, my friend. Just this pile of old questions. My memory left me here in the field of opportunity. It's plowing time again. Anyway, I don't know why that came up. A beautiful world for you,
0: so it's a, it's a beautiful. World for you, it's a beautiful,
1: world not me. A beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world.